Welcome to Sadcast, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 50. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine Sad Mag. Well, I'm recording this all the way from the Big Apple, New York City. This is the furthest I've ever had to travel for work, and I feel very privileged, if not guilty, enjoying myself here. It's always weird having to hang out with clients because you need to stay like professional, but also be likable, and then also drink with them while still maintaining all of that. And I always feel like I'm a little extra in these situations, like... Why can't I just shut up and stop making stupid puns about not eating the chicken and that being a party foul and then pointing out the pun just in case you missed it? Just I know beating myself up about this is just that perfectionism thing rearing its ugly head, but I know I do behave that way, so and other people don't, so I have no excuse, but that's also what a perfectionist would say, and it's an evil cycle and that is exactly what's going to keep me up at night. Good thing this is a city that never sleeps, right? Anyway, speaking of traveling, my guest today is photographer Carly Dame. Carly just got back from a three-month journey through the southern U.S. desert living in an old school bus with her boyfriend taking photographs. She left her job, her apartment, and all the creature comforts that entails to follow her passion. What would make a person want to leave functional plumbing? Have a listen and find out. Well, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so when did you get back from your trip? Um, I've been back for about six weeks. Uh, right when I got back, I went to Vancouver Island. Um, I tried to ease my way back into right. into reality in Vancouver, so I went and saw family on the island. So I've been back in the swing of things for about a month, I would say. Okay, wow. So, okay, let's back up. Sure. So yeah. you were an accountant? I was an accountant. And then... How did you decide to just chuck it all and mm. live on a school bus? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's one I think about every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I studied for six years, became an accountant um, in Victoria. And then um, I was looking for an out from living on the island. And I found a job in Vancouver. And it was my dream job at the time. It was for a cool startup in Gastown. And it, um, like in the office, there was beer on tap and fresh juice. And I actually went there once, bench, right? Yes, yep, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was a yeah. beautiful job and it got me to Vancouver. And then um, a few years into it, photography started to really pick up and it. I had to make a decision. Um, and it, it. I kind of sat with the decision for a long time, probably close to two years where I knew I had to leave and pursue my own thing, but also like the logistics of leaving Mm -hmm. A pretty well-paying job when you have <laughs> no backup plan yeah. is scary. Um, yeah. And then right around the time when I was sort of deciding, I met my current boyfriend who is a complete free spirit and he's such a beautiful person and uh, he's a musician and a poet and an artist. And he really showed me a different way of life, one mm -hmm. where you don't need to work a nine to five to get by. And just um, he sort of helped me redefine what it is I wanted from life. And once we got... Um, a little more serious it just made sense for me to quit and wow. so I walked in one day and I gave my notice and I really had no idea what I was doing but I just knew I, I had to it was either now or never mm -hmm. um, if I didn't do it I would have kept getting promoted and I would have gotten farther into this hole that I knew I wasn't 
able to dig myself out of. So yeah. I did it. Um, and then we already had the school bus at this point. So my boyfriend was much more adventurous than me and much more like free spirited at the time. And so he had bought the bus and was wow. living in it. Um, and then I left my job and then to sort of save money and make it possible to leave the job, we decided to move in there together. Wow. Where, like, where do you park it? We park it um, all over the place, yeah. wherever we don't get kicked out of <laughs> yeah, for yeah, a while. Yeah. Usually near Commercial Drive. Um, yeah. We parked in a friend's backyard for quite a while mm-hmm. and we had um, power and stuff through the winter, which was That's a great. godsend. Yeah. Um, there was a period from last September till about December where we didn't have any electricity or lights. Wow. And so we did everything by candlelight. It was freezing. Oh, wow. Um, there were, We have a wood stove in the bus so we were able to have fires but there's a lot of work that goes into chopping the firewood and collecting it and in the middle of the coldest winter in Vancouver it was very depressing and so it really (laughs) made me think about like is this something I want like I had to get through that um and it, yeah, it was a big test. And, and so, what, what do you think is going to happen this winter? Oh, we have a place lined up for August 1st that we're moving into. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so no more bus living. No more, no more bus living. Okay. No more bus living. Okay. As, in a, as of two more weeks okay. from now. So. But an exciting adventure to go through. Such an exciting adventure. And I wouldn't trade it. Every day I woke up thinking, would I rather go back to my job or would I rather be free and have to put up with things like no running water and yeah. firewood yeah. and every day I, I chose to keep going with, with yeah. the, the creative freedom and and all the stuff that came along with that so. that's so exciting so um while you were there like on this like road trip mm-hmm. you were doing work though too yeah so in March we left on a three-month trip all across the USA in our school bus um, and we were working so we were doing photo shoots um as much as we could and we sold clothes along the side of the road and just did anything we could to get by we didn't have a ton of money saved up or um, we were super ill prepared uh, (laughs) but we just had the dream and I just we just had to go and see what happened and so the universe kind of took care of us and along the way there were just opportunities that popped up at the perfect time whether someone was offering Mm -hmm. a meal or a place to stay or an odd job or a photo shoot would come up and it just really helped me realize that if you just set your mind to something and you just commit, it'll work out. Yeah. So, wow. That's yeah. so exciting. So, um, okay. You do um, film photography exclusively. Exclusively. And you're like kind of living off the land. You're sort of like yeah. a throwback, just like yeah, all yeah. over the place. What do you think it is about, I don't know, are you like nostalgic for a certain mm-hmm. era mm-hmm. or... Like, what do you think it is about all that stuff and how does it all tie together? I mean, it's not intentional that all those elements seem to have a theme. It's, uh, I think I really appreciate the tangible process of film photography and the quality of the images and being able to capture a real moment is something that's important to me. And I used to, like, long ago shoot with a digital camera and all the images felt manufactured in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so film photography just really captured my attention and um and then the living in a bus and living off the land that was just sort of a means to be able to do that full time when I didn't have a steady income and then as my life sort of unfolded and I had we had our bus and our photographer my photography it's sort of yeah it's sort of tied it tied it all together in a way um Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's kind of difficult to explain but yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think through my like my timeline and my life, and it just seems 
When did you first like pick up um, a film camera? Uh, probably five or six years ago. So I had a digital camera and I wasn't doing photography seriously, just as a hobby, shooting with friends. And my partner at the time um, suggested that I try out a film camera because I wanted to invest in a really expensive camera, but I was in university and there was just, it wasn't realistic to spend mm-hmm. three or $4,000 on something that, that was a hobby. But he was really clever and suggested um, getting a film camera. And so he one day just ordered me one on eBay and then it right. came in the mail and then we went out and shot some rolls and I was immediately hooked. It was exactly what I wanted from my photos and the whole process of loading the film and getting it developed and it just it had way more emotion behind it for me Mm -hmm. and then I didn't I didn't do it consistently but um probably three years ago I picked it back up and when I moved to Vancouver and I was inspired by the new city and the people I was meeting and I picked it back up and then I really haven't put it down <laughs> yeah. since then. Yeah. So. What do you shoot? One camera specifically? I shoot a few. Um, my main one is a Nikon F4. It was a camera put out by Nikon in the 80s. And it was the first camera with autofocus and some of the digital features mm. that really come in handy when yeah. you want to capture natural moments. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my main one. And then I have, uh, you know, a bunch of classics like a Canon AE1 and um, a lot of point and shoots like those kind of crappy ones from the 90s that have that certain type of nostalgia to them (laughs) that we all had but yeah so a few different ones and they always rotate they break and like pick up a new one and yeah yeah would you consider yourself more of an artist or like a commercial photographer I would consider myself more of an artist the types of people that reach out to shoot with me are artists themselves and they want um, something a little bit different than a traditional commercial shoot so a lot of musicians um, and it's been a little tricky for me to find my place in the commercial world because that is where the money is and that is Mm -hmm. how you make a business Um, but yeah so I'm I'm still trying to navigate who my market is but I right now my my process is to just shoot what I love Mm -hmm. and I'm not thinking about who's going to be booking me for jobs and I think in doing that, I've attracted the right clients who have appreciated my work. And yeah, 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 because it's got to be like expensive to to shoot. Well, I mean, I guess you're also more precious about what you're shooting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So every shot is intentional. Um, you you spend your time lining up each image, and instead of shoot you can like instead of shooting thousands in with a digital camera you're very very intentional about you only have 36 shots on a roll and um the more you waste the more cost that mm-hmm. you have to incur so yeah so you're it's and it's a bit different when you're shooting with a model who's never done film before because you take one shot and then you want to switch it all up and they're like you're well like, we were just getting going <laughs> it's like no yeah, it's great it was great we lined it up it's perfect yeah um yeah so on. a little oh, bit of a funny. different process yeah yeah i guess it's a two-way street most people are used to being shot if they're a model with a digital yeah definitely (laughs) yeah and it's like fast-paced and my shoots are very low-key like we're usually just sitting around having coffee and then like you shoot an image every minute or two instead of just going for it like Mm -hmm. I think for me it's really important to build a relationship with the person I'm shooting and so I I can't just get there and rapid fire like it's almost like the whole point is to come in and get to know the person and then in doing that I'll, sh- I'll shoot photos so it's kind of like relationship first and then I can shoot the person once I kind of know them and we've built a little bit of a connection mm-hmm. is that tough though because then <laughs> they're like 
they see it coming. You're like talking mm-hmm. with them and then all of a sudden you like raise your, and then they yeah. probably change, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. I don't, I don't subtly try and sneak in a photo. I'm yeah. like, usually we get lost in a conversation because everyone that I work with is so interesting and I genuinely am wanting just to talk to them and get to know them more. And then I'm looking at the clock and being like, we should probably take photos. That's what we're here yeah, to do. And yeah. they're like, oh yeah, like I, I forgot we were doing that. And then we'll move into it but after after we built like a friendship yeah um, yeah that's some really, trust some trust yeah that's yeah. really important to me uh, yeah I would imagine it's hard to get to the real person for sure without that for sure did you see that um documentary oh who's that photographer oh she's really great oh that great documentary what what what's the premise of the documentary um she like died and then they like found all her Vivian photos. Meyer Vivian Meyer mm-hmm. right and how she like shot like what's that camera where you like look down uh, I'm not sure if she had a Hasselblad or a Holga. I can't remember what she... Yeah. What or Rolly Flex. Yeah. 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 So she would like slyly take photos. Yeah. That's super cool. And she got the most amazing shots because of it, because yeah. people were unaware that she was right there. Yeah. And there is something that happens when you bring up your camera. Someone can be doing the most beautiful thing or naturally smiling, and then you bring up the camera and it's like frozen it, they freeze or like they just i they know do a weird pout yeah yeah they do a weird pout they like shrink their shoulders and it's i don't know yeah, yeah so I've, i i love that i love the camera that she used because of that and i think that's probably why her images were so impactful mm-hmm. are there any um photographers just like alive today alive today. that are yeah. great that um, yeah there's so many yeah. there's so many and i don't i probably don't do a well enough job of like expanding my my like uh, the people that I'm inspired by but um, some of my favorites are Henrik Purian or Jason Lee Perry um, yeah yeah everyone everyone has something so unique like even there's a lot of photographers here people just starting out like it's so cool to see so much work being put out do you think there's too many photographers um, I think everybody has an eye like everybody has a perspective and so um, as long as you're shooting what feels right to you and you're not trying to imitate somebody or you're not trying to, I don't know. I feel like if you're being authentic, um, then there's going to be room for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's my personal mm. my personal opinion. I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot of photographers. Sure. Every, um, like people think that they're a photographer. Mm-hmm. Like what do you think makes a photographer? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Or Good question. Um that's a great question I guess now it really it really is anybody and as long as you're telling an authentic story I feel like you can be a photographer whether it's with your iPhone mm-hmm. um I don't know yeah that's a mm. great question that's a great question something I'd like to think <laughs> on more sure sure <laughs> so have you ever thought um that you like would like formal training or do you mm. think that's kind of passe for this sort of medium at this point that's something I think about daily okay (laughs) because I have had no formal training it's all just I've been self-taught um yeah some days I feel like I'm really inexperienced and I wonder if I were to go through training would I learn that that one thing that would just transform my work into something different but then I've just chatted with so many people who have gone through training and they kind of after they're done they feel like they've been put into this box Mm. where technically they're very sound but they they lose the ability to visual like to visualize and think outside the box um and be unique because they're going through the same training that like 
30 or 40 other people went through. Yeah. Um, it's true. It does mess with you a bit. Yeah. I, I think about I that imagine. even in, in my own work, sure. like tr- attempting to do graphic design before I went to school. But then I look back at that stuff and it's like, well, it was very free and, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. like that anymore. Yeah. Or I mean, you try to always get there eventually but it's not as easy because you're thinking of the rules you're thinking of the rules and I have no rules that's the yeah I have zero rules and um so I think if I were to go into training or to take a formal program I'd have to be cautious Mm -hmm. or maybe an apprenticeship with someone that you really admire maybe yeah but like I don't know I don't know who knows I don't know we'll see like is it worth it I've I yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't know the answer for you. Yeah, no, I don't. And it's something that I, I go back and forth on. Some days I wake up and I'm browsing programs. and I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm applying. And other days I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I have no rules and I'm doing what I love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, maybe if I hit a wall where I just, I feel like I've learned everything I can and maybe I'll, I'll I think an apprenticeship would be something that, yeah, would be more appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ha- with the right person. But with the right person. Yeah. Probably in Paris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or somewhere. Oh, pick somewhere fabulous. <laughs> totally. Why don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you're obviously not done traveling. Are you guys going to take the bus out again, do you That's think? That's a good question. Yeah. It's really expensive to oh, take yeah. a huge vehicle around That's the world. Um, yeah. The next place I really want to go and live is Europe. So either London or Paris. And I don't know. Can't take that bus. I don't there. think I could take the bus. <laughs> so we're in the process of yeah, thinking what the next steps are in our life, if it makes sense to keep it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It would be really hard to let it go because it's such an important part of our lives yeah. now. And, and I'm sure you put a lot of work into making it like livable. We and, have. Yeah. yeah, we did so much work over the winter, and it was really cathartic to have left my job and then have this project. Um, even though it was cold and it was hard, but it was something that I could pour my time and energy into to make it something I mean it's beautiful in its own way and Mm -hmm. so it was a really really nice time what was the worst part of it (laughs) of just the experience or or about living on a bus how cold it was last winter yeah before we before we got electricity even when we had electricity we had a small space heater that got it so that it wasn't freezing but um before that we would wake up We'd be on the side of the road somewhere. Our blankets would be frozen. Like the top would be frozen. And there were so many days that I would wake up in tears and um, wonder if I had made a huge mistake. It was hard. It was hard. And then I would go into, we had a car as well. And I'd go into the car and turn the heater on and try and like warm up my hands. And then just, yeah, and it was dark and it was cold and it was the one of the biggest tests I've endured. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we had, we knew that our trip was coming up in the spring. We were going into like to the desert, and all hopefully all my dreams would come true down there, which they did. But um, that was the only thing that got me through just the mental part of mm-hmm. living in a bus and not not having a schedule and and really being on your own in terms of a paycheck and putting food on the table and like there were so many changes in a short period of time mm-hmm. that it, it, some days it really got to me. It really yeah. did. Yeah. What did it- your parents think of this um my parents were they're supportive of no matter what I do I'm not incredibly close with them so they we keep in touch and I love them um and they're they're curious about what I'm doing on a daily basis and they're proud of me for following my dreams Mm -hmm. but they would never they would never say 
like you're throwing your education away or you're throwing your life away. What are you do? What are you doing? Um, they're just kind of they're just curious and supportive, I guess. So That's good. I'm lucky in a way because I feel like I've been able to just do what I want without that pressure that a lot of people feel from their from their family. Yeah. Um, and I haven't I haven't felt that. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah. No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so is your um, boyfriend a photographer as well? He is. He, I mean, he's very talented at it. His main passion is music and um, his band. Um, but he, we both shot probably an equal amount on our travels and he's, he's incredible at any art medium, poetry, Mm. music, photography, writing. So yeah, there's a crossover. Are you, um, talented in any other creative way? (laughs) I I wouldn't say so. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say I am. No. Yeah, like how, <laughs> like it's just so fascinating to go to, from accountant to like before you went to school for that, were there no other like paths that you were like, oh, maybe I should get into like creative writing. Oh, but well, no. not really. So I graduated high school and I wanted to um, do medicine. That was my goal. So maybe I'll backtrack a little bit. But in uh, when I was 13, my mom passed away and my dad remarried somebody and um I sort of dealt with that by throwing myself into school, becoming mm. the perfect child, perfect student. Right. So I like was captain of the sports teams, got straight A's. Um, and inside, though, I was pretty numb. Like I didn't feel a lot of emotions anymore. And that was just a, a defense mechanism, I guess. Um, and so I graduated high school. I did really well in high school. And a doctor in my hometown um, chooses one student a year to put through their undergrad Um, in hopes of that person going to medical school. Mm. And so I earned the scholarship and I went to UVic and I did one semester. And after a semester, I felt like I was just sinking, like Mm. so many emotions. Like I just, I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle the pressure. I couldn't handle like not dealing with the emotions from my mom passing away and all the changes. And so I quit and I threw that away. I threw that opportunity away Mm -hmm. and moved to Australia and um, spent six months there just just living and just I feel like just being a kid almost because I had never felt that Mm. Um, and so I came back and from Australia and I had no clue what to do and I had friends that were in a business program and they were doing really well and I thought that was something that wouldn't restrict me to one career path and so I took a leap and went to business school and surprisingly enough stuck with it for six years and then I yeah I really my whole life didn't put a lot of thought into what I wanted to do I was um, even though I didn't have pressure from my parents I put this weird pressure on myself to just take care of myself so to me that meant like getting a good job um, being financially stable because no one else was going to do that for me. And um, and then I got to a point where I looked around, looked around me and I had a beautiful apartment and a great job and I wanted none of it because none of it felt authentic. And so that's, um, photography was already a hobby and then it started to really pick up and then my mindset just switched and I wanted to do something just for me and that, that mm-hmm. was what kind of came about in the situation. Wow. Do you think... Um, there'll come a time when you when you chuck photography and it will no longer feel like hmm, the thing good question good question I don't know um I have been known to to like <laughs> to make very drastic decisions whether it's leaving a you job or leaving yeah no I have I have and it's it's surprising because people that know me think of me as very even and very level and then so like the last few years though, I've been making these really big decisions and so I, I can't say for sure that 
that photography is something that I'll always do. I, I love it. Like I, mm-hmm. when I pick it up and when I pick up my camera and I'm shooting, like that's when I feel alive. And I can't imagine not having that feeling. But if something were to, to replace it, if something were to make me feel... It's got to be pretty good. It would have to be pretty good, but I'm open to it. Like I... Yeah. yeah who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk with yeah, me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been great. <laughs> if you've seen the July issue of Discorder, you'll know all about my musical pick for today. Her name is Prado. She's 18 and a prolific musical badass. I encourage you to read Discord's interview with her where she talks all about her experiences coming up as a feminist woman of color in a music industry dominated by men. She is impressive to say the least. Here's the track Like Line by Prado. you on like line, I put you on like line, I put you on like line, I put you on.